0: morning <laughs> still still working off that uh, Christmas and New Year's stuff, huh? Yeah well I'm glad you're here and uh, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, and we've got a, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, I just want to mention a couple things before I jump into this. Uh, Several new things happening, Uh, we've got uh, uh, a ministry, a new ministry that's looking to start, uh, they're going to kind of have a brainstorming thing next Sunday after the second service and I think they're going to have a little lunch and stuff too, but uh, that's for uh, uh, the disability ministry uh, and uh, Josh and Dusty, many of you know Josh and Dusty and they shared many weeks ago and they, uh, well, a couple, a few months ago and uh, they... uh, Uh, Are going to be helping to lead that, and uh, so if you're interested in being a part of that, I highly recommend uh, signing up for that. Like they need to know how many people for food and all that kind of stuff. So get on the app and do the thing. If you don't know how to do that, uh, catch them, catch them out there at the end. I know Ben will probably make mention of that. Uh, We've got a bunch of classes coming up. uh, uh, All of our intro classes, volunteer orientation, new classes that we've never had before. New ladies' Bible study starting this week. Grief share class starting next week. I know he'll talk about all that, but uh, uh, anyway, just uh, a lot of new stuff for a new year, and uh, as they say, new year, uh, new me, and today we're going to talk about a new calling, uh, So, uh, and I don't know if it's really new or not, but uh, that's up for debate, and we're going to talk about that today. So uh, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you one, uh, and uh, you can go there with me. We're going to start in Ephesians 4 today, and we're going to bounce uh several times here before we land the plane but uh um that's uh i think that's that's a good thing at least for us maybe not if you're in a real plane uh but uh anyway uh but yeah new year new me new calling uh here's something i want you to do for me i want you to if you're taking notes then great you can just do this on like the side of your notes or whatever if, you, if you're not if you're not taking notes today i want to ask you to do I once you get your phone out and, uh, I know that, uh, if you're like me, you make notes on your phone, you got the little notes thing in your phone or whatever, uh, maybe open that up. And, uh, I want you to, uh, spend the morning, uh, you know, and, and I know some of you are like, Oh man, the preacher's letting me get my phone out. This is awesome. I'm going to like text my friends while while he's teaching or whatever, and t- talk about how we need a new football coach and stuff. Uh, but, uh, I'm kidding. Uh, but, uh. Uh, anyway, so but no. I, here's what I really want you to do is I want you I want you to be thinking this morning about the people that God has put in your life, and I want you to list out in that in that list right there that you're going to make this morning throughout uh, our time together. I want you to list the people that you believe that God has put in your life for you to minister to. Now this can be. Both people that are believers and people that are not believers. Okay, but I just I just want you to work on that list while you're you know like I, and I'm I, you know I know you're going to be like oh my gosh just like a million people yeah maybe 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 there's a million people for you uh, but I, but I'm thinking like who are the people that you know God has put them put you in their life for you to be light to them like like you know like you know. Gods put you in in their life for a reason. Just just work on that list this morning as we're going and uh, we'll come back to that okay. Now this passage in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, today speaks of something that I think is, is pretty interesting and, and it's a plea from a prisoner and it's, and' it's and it's a plea on what we should be doing and, and this prisoner is Paul. So Paul is writing the church at Ephesus and as he's writing from prison, he's, he's, he's saying, you know, look guys, as as a prisoner of the Lord, you know, from someone who has, you know, been imprisoned for teaching Jesus, he's urging us to do something. I want us to see what he's talking about here. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. It says this. It says, "I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called." I want to read that again. "I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord," urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called now he's writing this to the entire church he's not writing this to just pastors or elders or whatever it is you know he he's he's not writing this to just deacons he's writing this to the church and he's saying i urge you as a prisoner he's like i can't I can't do everything you can do, and so from my situation, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called, which implies something, that we've been called, that the church has been called. So, you know, anytime New Year rolls around, you know, we think about, you know, at least for at least a half second, we think about maybe doing something new, starting something new, I don't know, uh, if you're like me. Uh, and then, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about is like, you know, what, what, is, it, what is it that God is calling me to do? What is, the, what is it that God is calling us to do as a church? Nathan mentioned a minute ago, uh, January the 2nd, uh, 2005, 18 years ago, this past week, was the very first service for 24 Church. Uh, by the grace of God, we are here, Okay. Make no mistake, it is by the grace of God that we are here. I promise you. Um, and, uh, and, and what an amazing thing, to be really honest with you. In fact, I'll throw this at you. Uh, over 80% of church starts fail right off the bat. I, I, I remember getting together with other church planters, uh, guys that felt led to start churches, and we were having lunch once a month and having breakfast once a month and all these things and praying together and all these things. Uh, and to my knowledge, uh, out of that group that we got together with, and uh, I think there was seven or eight of us or whatever, I think, I think there may be one other of those guys uh, still doing that, that that church still exists. Uh, not, not an easy thing. The Lord has been so, so gracious to us, folks. I mean, so gracious to us. Um, this passage is a reminder of our calling, and how we are supposed to walk. He says, I urge you in a manner uh, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called. He's already assuming that you know the calling. We'll get to that in a little bit. He's assuming that you know the calling in which you've been called. Now he's going to give to us how we should walk. What does that look like for us to walk? And it says in verse 2, it says, with all humility, and if, you, if this is your Bible or you've got a way to underline on your phone, if you're looking at Scripture that way or whatever, I might recommend that you underline or highlight some of these words. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So right there we have this... This couple of verses, verse two and three, that that Paul gives us what it looks like for us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which we have been called. Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. I know a lot of people, and I've seen people over the years who, and I've and I've been one of those people, by the way, that over the years because we're all sinners, uh, that have fallen away from these things, but yet call themselves a Christian, right? You know, but the truth is, is that our calling as a believer is that this is the way in which we should walk. And again, he's speaking to the church, and I can only imagine the things that that early church was going through during that time, that in the midst of all of that, Paul would be writing this as this prisoner for the Lord, and he's urging them, I can't, I can't Be there with you, but I am urging that this is the way that you should walk. This is the way you should live. Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We can spend a lot of time just on those things, and I've done that before in other messages. But today I want to keep moving on. We've got those things. Those are things for us to dwell on. Those are things for maybe you to pray about. If you want to take a note of, hey, I'm going to come back and pray about this over this week or whatever, great, do that. Verse 4, it goes on, it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace has been given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So he continues on. And he's, I mean, you know, he's what he's doing is he's hammering this unity piece. He's like, he's like you, the church, I'm, I'm over here in the prison and you get to be there with the church. I don't want to hear about you guys quarreling. I don't want to hear about you guys like getting at each other. I don't want to hear about you guys, you know, not not talking to each other, not speaking to each other, not loving each other. He's like, no, no, no. We walk with humility, with gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And he's like, you're a one body and this is one spirit and it's one hope that belongs to your call. Verse 4, one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. It's like this, this is how. We are the church. This is how we will exist together. This is how we will survive eighteen years. I gotta be honest with you. We, we've been we've been incredibly. I've been I'm so grateful for this. By the way, we've been incredibly blessed with over this eighteen years of existence of us just not having quite as much drama as I feel like a lot of folks end up having sometimes in their churches or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I just I feel like the Lord has protected us. Uh, we have tried to head things off the past. We've tried to be an open book. We've tried to do whatever we can, I guess, to, to help uh, avert that. But, but this, you can try to avert it however you want to, but this, this is what averts it. This is, this is what it looks like for us to be the church together to love one another, to love Jesus, to follow him. And so then it begs, but what is the calling? Is the calling the unity of the church? No, the, the unity of the church is, is a piece of it, okay? But the calling is this, is this statement that we say a lot around here at 24, and, and that statement is to make him known, to glorify God. To make Him known. To make Him famous. We say the statement that others would know Jesus because they know us. To make Christ famous in our life that others would know who He is because we're a part of their lives. And the truth is, is, He's even given us gifts to do it. Did you know that? He's given us gifts to make Him known. Before you check out on whether or not you want to like really think through you making Christ known in your life because you feel like you maybe heard that like so many times in your life. Don't. Okay? Because this message is for every one of us this morning who has followed Jesus as our Savior. 1 Timothy 4 verse 13. 1 Timothy 4 verse 13 brings us to a passage that is a passage that's had significant meaning in my life in many ways, the passages, the, the verses before this and whatnot leading into this. And and this is Paul again speaking to a, a young Timothy who was a young minister. And this young minister, Paul is, is taking the time to encourage him to not be afraid because he's young, and that's verse 12 and all that, you can check that out, but to, but to set the example and just go for it, okay? Okay. And then in verse 13 right here, we have this. It says in verse 13 of 1 Timothy 4, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. And then he says, verse 14, Do not neglect the gift you have. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Here's what that means to us today. First of all, it'd be easy to go, oh, well, He's talking to to pastors. He's talking to young ministers. He's not talking to me. Well, there's a couple things that we know. And uh, those couple of things look like this. Number one, we are all called ministers of the gospel. We are all called ministers of the gospel. By the way, Because I'm a pastor doesn't make me better than somebody that's not. It just means I have a different calling, okay? Now I'm gonna be held to some things before the Lord a little differently, and I'll have to to account for those things, but I'm not more special, you know? Doesn't even mean that I know more about Scripture than any other believer. We are all called ministers of the gospel. Secondly, We are all given a gift from the Holy Spirit to serve the body. Now, if you need a reference for that, go check out 1 Corinthians 12 in your own time. There's a whole chapter about it there. But verse 14 right here in 1 Timothy 4, it says, Do not neglect the gift which you have. So Timothy... And Paul have this special relationship, and Paul is encouraging Timothy to follow the Lord and do the things that the Lord is leading him to do and not be afraid and just and just go for it, right? And the truth is, is we all need those kind of talks from, from time to time that we just need to go for it. Now, if you're going back to your little list that you're making of all the people that you feel like God has put you in their life for a reason, and you're looking at that list and you're thinking about that list this morning, as you're looking at that list, there's probably... There's probably some conversations that you feel like maybe you're supposed to have with some of those people, but maybe you're scared of them. Maybe if you're just being really honest, you're, just, you're, you're straight up, you're just like scared to have them. You're like, I don't, I don't, know, if I can, I don't know if I can breach that. We work together. You know, that, that may cause a problem. Well, pray about it. Pray about it. The truth is, is that we're given one life. And our purpose in this one life is His glory for the one God. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? Verse 14 do not neglect the gift you have. What is the gift that you have? What gifts has God given you in this life? What are you good at? You know, maybe you need to take a spiritual gifts assessment test, something to help you with that. That's okay. Do that. That's fine. But at the end of the day, you probably know some things that you are good at that you could cultivate that God wants to use in this life. Maybe, maybe it's that God has given you influence in some way. Maybe you influence people in some way, shape, or form. How, how, you know, What does that look like? What does it look like to use that influence to be Jesus and share Jesus with others? What's that look like? For other people to hear about Christ through you. In the 18 years that 24 has been around, I go back to the moments of, of what led to us starting the church. And by the way, when I tell this story, these stories, I just want you to understand it. It, it is not solely rest on us. There are so many people involved in in what 24 churches and that's the way it should be It is a it's the body of believers not one person or one or two families or whatever it may be but uh way back when when uh, i was a youth pastor um i uh we were doing we were doing tailgate parties for our youth ministry youth ministry is really big um and we had a great budget too which was awesome i look forward to the day that our youth ministry has a great budget um, and i know that, i know that they do too uh, but we were doing tailgate parties every home football game. We'd do a tailgate party, and we would we would actually print up the football schedule for the school, and it would have like a little advertisement for the student ministry on it, and all this kind of stuff. and And uh, we would give those things out. But we would literally, literally every home football game, just give away free food, and so we'd have grills and you know all this kind of stuff. And uh, you know, when I when I I'd love to say that I came up with that idea, I did not. Uh, when I got to the church, they were already, this was something that they had already been doing. And it was and it was, you know, like they'd set up a little pop-up tent and have the grill and all this kind of stuff. And I just kind of looked at it and was like, well, how could we make it better? You know? Can we like, can I like turn the screws on this thing? And so before it was over with, we would have this huge, <laughs> we had this huge setup that we would do every home football game every Friday night that there was a home football game. And I mean it was just it it was kind of it Kind of got stupid for us. Over we had like TVs out there, kids playing video games. We're giving away hot dogs and hamburgers, and now I got youth workers bringing their their fryers and they're frying up Twinkies. And I mean, just I mean, just it's just we're it's it's kind of it's it's gone way overboard, and we're loving it. I mean, we're just we're having a good time, and uh, and so in the, in the midst of all that, uh, one of the things that happened is I had met this family that had Broncos. Uh, Ford Broncos, okay, Uh, old ones, and and I had an old Ford Bronco at the time, and uh, and we just we just became really close friends. It was it was two brothers and a dad, and they each had a Broncos. There was three Broncos between them, or more than that, but three that they drove regularly, and uh, and so they got to where you know they'd be like, hey, let's ride around town and do stuff. Well, one of the things about our tailgate thing was. I would always take my Bronco. This was kind of a, a double thing. It was like, you know, we would carry these coolers in it full of stuff and everything. Uh, but it was also like, it was painted, you know, bright yellow. And so it was this easy, like, easy way to find, so we weren't the only ones tailgating. It was that kind of a, kind of, that kind of a town with football thing, okay? And so uh, you know, but we became the biggest one and the Bronco became like one of the things of like the easy way to find us when you got to the field and the part, you know, seeing through the parking lot and all that kind of stuff. And so it just became part of the thing. And so then, you know, I was telling them about what we did at these home football games. The next thing, you know, they were like, well, can we come with our Broncos? And I was like, yes, you can, you know? And so before it's over with like our tailgate party, goes up another notch to a Bronco show, okay? And so we've got all these, like there's an orange one and a red one and a black one, you know, and then my yellow one, and, you know, it's just, you know, ridiculous. Well, became friends with these people. And these two brothers, and, and especially one of them and his wife, we, we became friends with them, we started having dinner together, and then we invited them to church. and They came to church with us. I'll never forget the day. That they came to church with us, and please don't take what I'm about to say as me trashing that church. I love that church, love the people of that church. That day, they came to church, and I found myself, for the first time in my life, second-guessing a lot of things that were happening in service, just because as I was sitting there and watching them during the worship service, I was thinking, I wonder what they think about this right now. I wonder if they think this is weird or that's weird or that's strange or I wonder you know because they weren't they weren't church people the next sunday they didn't come back and it just started to burn in me that what we should be doing should be connecting with people to understand that they need a relationship with Jesus and that their life is supposed to glorify him and what that really means. And God used that amongst some other things to begin to push me to want to start a church. Now, I'll be the first to tell you. I had zero interest in being a lead pastor. Let's be clear about that, okay? We'll put two on the board for you. Double goose egg. This was how this was how interested I was in in disposition, okay? Like none. Didn't, didn't want it, didn't care for it. Had grown up with it. My dad's a pastor. Seen all the stuff that he's dealt with over the years. It's like, nope, not doing that. I'm hanging out with teenagers. I love making them throw up and leading them to Jesus. Sometimes on the same night. And it was a beautiful thing. Still love that, right? Gallon challenge all the way. And, uh, but the Lord began to show me that he had taken me to this place that I thought I was going to go and serve and live for a long time, that we were going to go and serve and live for a long time. And we had, we had great ministry experience there, by the way, and some of just the most loving people that you ever meet. Um, but he took. I came to the realization he took me there to show me what it was like to have a bunch of money, to have a support staff as a youth pastor, all these things to show me that that's what I wasn't going to do with the rest of my life. God is calling us to lead others, to cultivate the gifts that He's given us, to make Christ known, that the gospel would go out, and, and it just became, it honestly, it just became, we're supposed to start a church that looks like youth ministry for adults. that we're just, It's just supposed to be simple, and about Jesus, and why you know why can't churches you know why can't we rock out and sing for the Lord you know like we do at our favorite concerts every week, and at the same time the message not stink. Why can't it still be about the Bible? Why can't it still be about the glory of God? Why can't it still be about leading others to Jesus in a relationship with Him? And this was one of the passages that definitely fell into my lap during that time that drove me. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. And it says this, and this is Paul again. Now he's speaking to the church at Corinth. So again, he's speaking to the church. That's us. And he says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became a Jew in order to win Jews. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. If those verses don't drive these things that we feel like God is leading us to do, disability ministry, adoption and foster care, uh, the hope center, a bus ministry, you know. It, 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 if if that's not driving that, I don't know what is. You know. It, here here's the thing, folks. It'd be real easy for us to get real relaxed, not challenge ourselves in our faith, not challenge ourselves in how we serve. Just show up. Show up. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Just show up. Let's just show up, honey. Come on, let's just, let's just show up. We don't, have to, we don't have to sign up for anything. Let's don't get real involved. Let's just go get our Jesus on and go home, right? That's not what the Lord's called us to. You go back to that 1 Corinthians 12 passage. Check that out and see if you think that's what the Lord's called us to. No, he's given us all gifts that we might all be useful parts of the body that he would use us together as a team. I love a team, by the way. I love a team. You know, there's nothing like when your favorite team, or let's say a team you're getting to coach or whatever it may be, is doing so well. And let let me just tell you, a team doesn't usually do so well because one player is doing so well. It's because together as a team, they are doing well. And man, it's exciting. It's exciting to watch. It's exciting to get to be a part of. We we long for it. We long for it so much we'll spend all the money in the world to get the tickets to watch a team and pray and hope that they're the best team in the world for that year, right? We have the opportunity to be a part of one of those teams for the kingdom. For the glory of God, that the people on that list that you've been working on could be, be influenced by, loved by, loved on, cared for. You may say, Well, Chris, this whole calling thing, I just don't know. I don't have, I don't have enough time. Or I'm I'm too young, you know, I'm a teenager. Or I'm, too, I'm getting too old. You know, I'm, we're retired now. We've got, we got places to see. You know, we've got things to do. We've been waiting our whole lives for. I think that we get to a certain place in life where we're guilty of making excuses for the things we're no longer going to do because we say, well, I'm, I'm past this certain point in my life. There's, there's, no way, there's no way that God could use me now. I haven't been a part up until now, so he, he certainly couldn't use me now, right? Stan Lee. You know Stan Lee? Stan Lee, who is the godfather of the Marvel Universe, right? Stan Lee had his first comic hit, The Fantastic Four, when he was 38 years old. Martha Stewart wrote her first cookbook when she was 41. Samuel L. Jackson had his first hit movie when he was 43 years old. Sam Walton founded the first Walmart when he was 44. Henry Ford first created the Model T when he was 45. Rodney Dangerfield was 46 when he got his hit break on the Ed Sullivan Show. No one knew who Betty White was until she was 51 years old. Ray Kroc spent his career, you can't make this up, As a milkshake device salesman (laughs) before buying McDonald's at the age of 52, Laura Ingalls Wilder started publishing the Little House books when she was 65. Colonel Sanders was 62 when he franchised KFC. Stop thinking you don't have time to make an impact. That's a lie. You have an unbelievable amount of time to get out, to serve big, to leave a legacy. Not only do you have time, you probably have a bunch of it. And the question is, what are you going to do with it to make sure you don't waste it? Should you change jobs? Should you start something? What gift should you be cultivating to be used for the kingdom of God? Where do you have the most influence? What are you going to do with that influence? The question, if I dare ask, that I used to ask myself all the time, and I need to start asking myself again, where, how can I do the most damage for the kingdom of God? Where and how will God be most glorified in me and that I can make Him known? Start now. If you need an excuse, we just started a new year start now start small and see what happens if you're faithful over the long haul by the way volunteer orientation is on the 29th of this month who has god put in your life for you to share jesus with to be jesus to We spent the last month talking about Jesus coming to be light into the world. But then he went back to be with the Father. So then how is his light shined on his behalf when he's not here physically? He's called us to be a light. You, me, light, missionaries. You want to know what I used to ask people when we were first starting 24 Church? used to ask people, maybe I should start asking people this again. If God is leading you to be a missionary to this community, we would love to have you come be a missionary with us at 24 Church. We feel led to be missionaries to this community. And that's why we can't ignore the problems going on in our community. That's the reason why we have to pay attention. And we have to be proactive in helping people in those things. Matthew 5 verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I'll read it again. Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. We are to live that others see God's work through our lives. Who is God put in your life for you to be a light to? How's that list going? You got some folks on there that don't know Jesus? Probably got some folks on there that do. That's, I, think, I think both is great. We as the body are called to love one another, care for one another, encourage one another. What would it look like for you today to decide for the rest of this year that once a week you're going to go through that list and you're going to check on every one of those people? What's it look like? Text message. Phone call. I know people don't make phone calls anymore. I think phone calls are pretty meaningful. It shocks people when I call them when they visited our church. I've had people tell me that they visited churches for a couple of years even, and that we were the first people to ever reach out. I don't think that's a good thing. But I think it's a reminder of just how meaningful it is for somebody to know that we care. And we do care. And if we do care, then there should be action behind it, right? Not just saying that we care, not just in our mind thinking we care. But maybe every week this year, you give them a call You say, how are you doing? At least the text message. How are you doing? If it's somebody who already knows Jesus and you've got a close relationship with Him, Maybe you even go a step further and you say, how are you and Jesus doing? How's your faith today? There's a good question. How's your faith today? New year, new me, a new calling. No, it's the same calling. It's the same calling. Same as 18 years ago. Make Christ known. Make Jesus known lead people to Him, help them to see that He wants to have a relationship with Him, that He gave His life on the cross in our place to take the penalty for our sin that we might be forgiven, and then defeated death three days later that we might have life through His death that when we die, we don't die, we live forever. And we live with Him, the King. Don't neglect your gifts. Use them for His glory. Serve others. Be a light into the world. Walk in a manner worthy in which you are called. Let's pray. God, we lean on you this morning to lead us to lead us to be the light that you've called us to be. Lord, some of us feel like right now, if we're just real honest, we feel like we need somebody to be a light to us. We need somebody to love on us, to care for us. God, I pray that you would help us to overcome those feelings and fulfill the call that you have given on our lives. God, I pray. I pray that you would find us faithful. Find us faithful in the calling in which you have called us. God, I pray that right now that we would turn to those lists that we made. And God, I want to give us just a moment for us to just each individually pray over the people on those lists right now. God, in this moment right now, we come to You and we lift up these names. God, we lift up these people to you today. God, many of them we care so much for. God, we ask that you would intervene in their lives, that they would know what we know about you. God, that they would believe it. God, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would save them. God, we thank you for these people. We thank you for what they mean to us. God, we pray that you would use us in their lives. Lord, that they would know your love, not our love, they would know your unconditional love and use us to be light in their lives. God, thank you for bringing light to the world and calling us in turn to be light into the world. Lord, use us for your just for your kingdom. God, for anyone that's here right now that's not trusted and believed in you to be their Savior, God, I pray that today that they would believe. We ask all this in your sons Lord.